property purchase transfer tax. That's one of the things we'll be discussing today on Vancouver Real Estate. Also, Airbnb and other short-term rentals. The vacant home tax not being embraced by all mayors throughout Metro Vancouver. And John with uh, some of the stories that we're covering this weekend on Vancouver Real Estate Today. Ian, it's been another busy week in real estate. The headlines include an Airbnb story again. If you want to list your home on the popular site, you might soon need a business license for that. The city is crafting a new short-term rental bylaw. This could go into effect by the end of the year. Councillor Jeff Mag says the city has growing concerns the rentals are eating into already scarce rental housing stock. He says it's been doubling every year since 2013. It's incredibly easy to register as a host, and Airbnb is very, very aggressive in encouraging its host to rent and rent and rent again. We've known for some time, says Megs, that this uh, market for Airbnb alone is one of the 10 most important in North America for the company. The city says data collected over the last year show 5,000 units being listed through Airbnb and similar platforms, three-quarters of them entire homes. You can weigh in on the new bylaw through an online survey. Head to our website at cknw.com for all of those details. The anti-dem eviction protest in Burnaby may be over with the arrest of several people this week, but the plight of lower mainland low-income tenants living in buildings scheduled for high-end development continues. It's not just Burnaby, but also in one Coquitlam Street. Two apartment blocks just across the road from each other on Foster Avenue are being demolished, turning out around 120 residents between them, many of them single mothers or refugees who now have to find a new place where they can afford to live. Coquitlam councillor Chris Wilson says in an unusual move, the developer Blue Sky Properties has tried to help the tenants to a point. Uh, they've tried to help by uh, giving units a 12-month credit on their rent and if, if they want to buy one of these units. But again, the, the units to, to purchase are extremely expensive and most of the people in this complex uh, don't have that kind of income to, uh, to be able to buy one. Wilson says even those who have lived at these apartments for five years are struggling to find somewhere in Maple Ridge now for what they've been paying for in Coquitlam. While evicted tenant Martin Fernandez addressed media outside the Burnaby apartment where those uh, tenants were evicted from, developer Amacon's planning to knock down the building and build a new condo tower displacing dozens of residents. Fernandez says he's found an apartment for his family, but it's 10 blocks away and he's paying $400 more in rent. I am working class person, not making millions, paying that much. It's not, it's not, not much left on my bank account or on my pockets. So I have to restrain my kids to buying things that they like. The mayor of West Vancouver doesn't like the idea of a vacancy tax as proposed by the city of Vancouver. Instead, Mayor Michael Smith wants a non-resident residential tax. I have a home in Hawaii. I pay a non-resident residential tax rate, which is much higher than uh, would be applied to that home if it was occupied by somebody that lived in it full time. And what the county of Kauai, where my home is, does is they take that extra money and they provide housing for local residents. Smith says that makes a lot of sense, especially in West Vancouver, where the average home costs $3 million. He says nobody there that works in West Vancouver can actually afford to live in the city. Smith brought the idea to his local MLA, Ralph Sultan, but says it went nowhere. The city of Vancouver is moving ahead with an empty homes tax with the help of the province.
While rules may be coming to strengthen oversight of the real estate industry in B.C., there appears some Vancouver civic leaders still have a lot of questions. Carolyn Rogers, who chaired the Independent Advisory Group on Real Estate Regulation, listened to stories this week from city councillors who say residents feel targeted by high-pressure tactics from real estate agents. In some cases, councillors describe situations that appear to be unethical. But Rogers says current rules already deal with that unethical behavior. There is already rules in place that in most cases it can be enforced. If you're talking about lack of disclosure, you're talking about misleading information about zoning, there's rules in place for that. One area not covered by existing rules though is advertising Vancouver homes only to buyers overseas. Roger says if government wants to address that issue, it would have to change the law. As debate continues over who and what's to blame for Vancouver's overheated real estate values, the NDP is raising questions over the number of what appears to be low-income earners buying up big in the market. The numbers show that in Vancouver, the rates of people on small incomes being able to scrounge together the millions needed to buy high-end property is a phenomenon that is more pronounced here than anywhere else. That's according to Mountain Math Reports, which housing critic David Eby cited in his calls for the government to crack down on income and track income earned overseas by using the income tax system. Eby is calling also for a 2% tax on homeowners who don't pay local income taxes. While the financial situation for Canada's seniors is edging upwards, B.C. seniors are getting poorer. That's according to the latest figures from Stats Canada. And B.C. seniors advocate Isabel McKenzie says while the national figures show a 1.9% increase for senior families and a 2.3% increase for singles in that age range, seniors in this province fell deeper into poverty, 5.7% for families and 6.3% for singles. McKenzie says private pensions are failing to keep up with the rising cost of living here in B.C. Meanwhile, the city of Vancouver is taking steps geared at keeping more families in the city. New policy approved by council will see all future housing developments, strata and rental buildings allot 35% of their units as two and three bedroom. The move comes as census data and survey results show thousands of Vancouver families are squeezing themselves into studio and one bedroom apartments. And 58% are considering leaving the city in the next three years. A greener and cleaner Vancouver, that's what the city is striving for in a new motion that aims to bring greenhouse gas emissions down to zero by 2030. Green building manager Sean Pander says the plan includes all buildings, detached homes and high-rise residential towers as well. The first step looks at curbing emissions on already existing buildings. Taking where we are now, setting the emissions limits, so there's sort of a limit on how much fossil fuel energy you can use in a building and step that down over time to zero. And for new projects. The mandate is to pursue building those new buildings to the passive house standard and use renewable energy in them right away. He was asked if the new strategies to save energy will cost extra for the builder. The extra cost associated with this improved insulation and improved windows is actually offset by savings in being able to go to simpler heating systems. He says the move will require changes to city bylaws. Ian, those were just some of the stories that made real estate news this week. Thank you, John. Uh, One of the other things that came down uh, this week uh, was the number of home sales in the Metro Vancouver area. Those sales fell for the fourth straight month in June. Although if you're thinking about getting into the market, don't uh, don't crack open the champagne just yet. It's still very much a seller's market. A new report from the Conference Board of Canada says sales fell 
in 15 of 28 markets nationally, including Toronto and Montreal. The annual rate of sales in Metro Vancouver reached 44,688 homes last month, a 5.3% drop from the previous month, but a 5.1% increase from the year before. Prices remain flat at around $1 million, but are still up 12% from June 2015. Still, the report says sellers' conditions prevail in Vancouver as well as Victoria and all southern Ontario markets. The Fraser Valley led price growth in the country with a year-over-year gain of 24%. Well, price growth in is slowing in the lower mainland. We'll talk a little bit more about that and other things having to do with Vancouver real estate today. Next with our guest, Phil Regree. I'm Ian Power. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Phil Agree is an award-winning real estate agent and realtor in West Vancouver, North Vancouver, and Vancouver. Phil offers a very unique perspective on real estate today, and we like to bring him on every now and again to talk about what's real about real estate in Metro Vancouver. Nice to have you back, Phil. Hey, good morning, Ian. Nice to be back. Yeah. Um, This week uh, on Thursday on CKNW, Janet Brown uh, talked about the massive surge in property transfer tax that has put a lot of money in the coffers of the provincial government, much more than expected. And uh, they said, uh, the government that is, that uh, more help could be coming to uh, deal with this issue of affordable housing. (laughs) There must be something going on. Oh, is it election time next year? Finance Minister De Jong said that the B.C. government plans to unveil details next week to possibly spend some of that property transfer tax money on housing affordability. The government numbers show $605 million more in property transfer tax has been collected than was originally forecast in the budget. That, as the number of properties sold in B.C., soared by 18.6% with property values up 20.9%. And you say what? I, I, I say, wow, it's kind of like uh, letting the mouse look after the cheese. Um, <laughs> I, I really, I really got to ask you here, when somebody is winning that much um, and, and somehow the, they're trying to convince the people that they're trying to uh, make it more affordable for them, the government, it's, it's a win-win-win for the government all the way along with this. Prices are up. The government wins with the taxes. Yeah. You know, more people buy, the government wins. Property transfer. So, uh, who wouldn't want to have a business where there was a, a six hundred million dollar extra? I mean, we were already in a good market, and they mm-hmm. were getting lots of money, and an extra six hundred million. But I think, Ian, what really confuses me is what's ho- housing affordability? Is that low income housing for people, or is that trying to make it more affordable for the average? You know, human being out there to be able to buy their yeah. first condo or buy a home. I think there's a little like bit, that. little bit of both, Phil. I, I think when I think housing affordability, I think two things. I think one is yes, there's low income uh, housing, and then yeah. there's affordable housing for uh, your average Joe and Jane that uh, goes to work uh, and pulls their pants on in the morning and makes a, a reasonably good living but the, those wages haven't kept up with the prices of houses and i think to me that's what affordable housing is don't we want all our most uh, if not all of our you know fellow citizens to uh, if they choose to own a, a piece of property don't we want that for them without a doubt that's exactly what we want and i'm, I'm going to tell you 
every real estate agent would want that for their people too. Like the, the, the fantasy that real estate agents want the prices go up, they make more money is just nonsense. I, I would like every person I've dealt with, ever spoken to, to be able to buy an affordable housing. Mm-hmm. So affordable housing would benefit you know, us as professional realtors as well. So we're on the same team here. I just simply know I, I, I don't understand the, uh, the logistics behind it. We've got a mountain, mountains on one side of us and we've got ocean on the other. They're not building any more land. No. So what are you going to do? Are they going to make it easier for builders to get things built? I understand the taxes on builders trying to put things up. Are, you know, the time they have to go through and, uh, and all the taxes they've got to pay makes building houses and, um, and condos you know, very, very expensive. Yeah, and at the same time, a lot of municipalities give give some nice little breaks to developers that will, uh, there's a lot of trade-off. We'll give you this in affordable housing, quote, quote, uh, for in exchange for that. We'll give you, uh, there was one, and I'm sorry, I don't remember where it was, but uh, it may have been in Richmond where they were given an extra floor because of the amount of, uh, quote, unquote, affordable housing that they were adding. The other interesting thing here, Phil, I just want to sort of go back a little bit uh, on this this six hundred million dollars. What I find so interesting about this is it did the government suddenly wake up and, and realize that they had a cash cow here? Well, of course not, and and they were mum, completely silent on this for the longest time until suddenly something must have twigged. We better get on this, and and so they are, and I'm glad that they are, and I'm glad that they've woken up to it. You know, as long as we're talking about this and as long as the conversation is constructive, only good can come of it. Quite right. Quite right. Completely agree. But how much good? I mean, one of the problems here is they're trying to do something when, you know, it's kind of like saying the horse is already out of the barn and Mm. it's running. And, you know, everyone wants somebody to blame. This is the problem with the general population. It's easier. It's somewhat comforting to blame somebody. The sad, sad thing is the horrible, misleading things that, um, that Christy Clark and her team are saying by somehow blaming realtors. Because, because there's a few, and I mean very few, realtors that did something wrong. Do you think it affected housing price? No. But she's going after and attacking the realtors. Or, or um, you know, they're, why don't they just remove property transfer tax? How about that? When that, those numbers were put in, property transfer tax, Prices here were a lot, lot, lot lower, and there was a lot less people coming in and buying. But you've got to remember, this demand on our housing is the result of the most successful government campaign every run. The government's spectacular. Mm-hmm. They went around the world and said, bring your money to British Columbia, buy here, with no stipulations. It was supposed to be invest, but all people had to do was buy a house, yeah. and you'll get whatever it is, your Canadian citizenship or permanent residence, whatever it is. But they went around the world and told people to buy here, and it worked. And the government has won for this. And with the property transfer tax and, and the thing about, you know, I wish they would just remove it for people. You'd, it you'd, you'd like to get rid of it. Absolutely. People are paying enough taxes in a million different ways. How about 1% for everybody? I mean, they, they made some adjustments to it for first-time home buyers, yeah. and that's great. Other ones for people buying only new. Right, brand new. How many people can are starting up only new? This is, this is a tough thing. But if you're the but, government, Phil, and you've got a $605 million uh, bonus on your ledger, uh, how do you say no to, to a tax like that? Well, that, remember, and your words were perfect, a bonus. That's on top of your 
your massive windfall of the property transfer tax than an additional $600 million. So they're exactly, they're filling their boots. So for them to say they want to turn around and help the people to make things more affordable, well, they, they have $600 million. That's just a surplus. Yeah. You know, I'm always... What about the tax before that? What about the millions and millions and millions before that they could be using? I'm always torn about things like when we talk about the government making this money. Aren't we the government? Uh, we are the people of the government. So it's it's really our money, after all. Uh, you know, and if I'm in a home right now that I have no intention of selling and, and I'm comfortable and fine, then I say, yeah, <laughs> get that money. Why not? Yeah. You know, let if if you're doing something with it that might help. Absolutely. What can you do that will help? And this is that's the part that really confuses me. What are they going to do to help? I mean, one of the things, and this is anecdotal, of course, but all these new developments come up, and you see these big towers coming up in Vancouver, and why are we short of inventory with all these new towers? Well, as an agent, and, and I know many agents will, will agree with me, you show up and they say, yes, this is the first day of sales, and half of it's already gone. What do you mean? This is day one of sales to the people here in your city of Vancouver in Canada. Oh, well, it was sold to friends in the VIP. Right. And, yeah. and we know, again, I can't prove any. we know a massive amount of this is offshore. I don't think anybody's even denying it anymore. No, but I know a dozen of those people that work within the building, and I go, and I just said to them, again, strictly anecdotally, I can't prove anything. I've said to me, so you sell an offshore condo here in Vancouver. How many times would you expect? expect it to flip again before hmm. it's the final thing is completed and built and it comes out and they go mm, two to four times. Wow. So wow. we are not getting the benefit of any of that. So Christie went after a couple dozen, whatever it was, bad realtors and tried to blow smoke and everything against, oh, look, we're taking care of this. But the developers, as far as I know, and I could be wrong, seem to be able to freely do this and resell and resell and resell with us getting none of that. Very interesting. We've got to leave it there because we're going to take sure. a break. But I, I do want to say this, that uh, I, I agree with the government's decision to disband the council. You may not agree with that. I think that she had no choice. Uh, I, I do acknowledge that a few bad players have spoiled it for good players like yourself, and I'm sorry for that, but I still think it was the right thing to do. I think in the long term, we, we may look back and think that this probably wasn't such a great move because it's going to cost much more, I have a feeling, anytime you turn things back into the government's hands. Uh, nonetheless, Phil Legree, Keller Williams Realty, North Vancouver and West Vancouver and anywhere else in the Metro Vancouver area, we will continue our conversation on Vancouver Real Estate Today from News Talk 980 CKNW. Talking to Phil Legree, an award-winning real estate agent and realtor with Keller Williams, specializing on the North Shore, but really uh, it's very knowledgeable in all parts of Metro Vancouver. Just to recap very quickly before we move on, Phil, uh, the, the property transfer tax uh, saw $605 million more than what they expected. <coughs> Pardon me, I have a tickle. Suddenly I developed a tickle. Uh, nonetheless, the government said that they'll let us know next week what their plans are. Uh, let's move on to this Airbnb thing or other short-term rentals. Uh, Simon Little posted on CKNW last week. Uh, his item was very interesting because uh, he, he said that the city of Vancouver uh, is working on a new short-term rental bylaw, which could go into effect by the end of this year. Councillor Jeff Meg says that the city is growing, has growing concerns that the rentals are eating into already scarce rental housing stock 
and has doubled every year since 2013. Data collected over the last year shows 5,000 units being listed through Airbnb and similar platforms. Three-quarters of the listings are for entire homes, apartments, and condos. Meg says that the city is now crunching the numbers, some from Airbnb and some from consulting. Uh, They hired a firm to do this consultation with competitors, and the goal is to come up with some new rules by the end of the year. Uh, That could include making hosts prove that they have a business license holding Airbnb and its users accountable. Is that something that you would uh, be in agreement with? Well, you know, it's another, uh, like I said, you're happy with the government getting extra taxes from property transfer tax. Here's another tax. If they can tax this, maybe it's something else they can put back into affordable housing. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't really know en- enough about what they would do with that tax money. Going great. I mean, how much does it cost to implement it? Who will run it? And will there be proceeds from it that will be... Uh, advantageous for people i know people making a great deal of money doing this but yeah. i think of where do you want it you know where do you want would you want to live in a condo where um maybe one that doesn't allow rentals at all so maybe you're covered off there but one that allows restricted rentals which i think all buildings should have restricted rigid rental rules but you want to have everyone getting that key coming in and out or do they make a copy of the key right um I, I have a problem. I have some relatives on the waterfront in West Vancouver in a condo. And I was out front one day, and I watched about six different elderly ladies, some seniors, let people into the building behind them Wow! that they didn't know. And I go, that's a real issue. I walked in between two ladies, and I put my hand on their purses. And they went, oh. And I went, ladies, do you know who I am? And they said, no idea. And I said, I understand politeness. I understand kindness. But you cannot open the door to a secure building for anybody. So that's an issue with people just living there. Yeah. So now to have strangers from anywhere coming in and walking in and out of the building, I wouldn't want that in a condo I'm living with. And I and I think it's fortunate that a lot of condominiums can develop that um, the rules in their strata and say, no, we are not having transients yeah. in here. The, the um, city of Vancouver says that they're going to do a survey in the fall to try to wrap their brain around it. Here's a bit of a breakdown, though, is in terms yeah. of where these short-term rentals are taking place. In downtown, 31%. Mount Pleasant, Renfrew, 15%. Kitsilano, Point Grey, 14%. East Hastings, 14%. A lot of the new buildings, the newer condominium buildings, do not have rent restrictions where older properties do. And I agree, that's a concern. My only thing with the short-term rentals, if you're in business and you've got your strata rules are are okay with these short-term rentals, then have a business license and and pay taxes, like because you pay taxes, don't you? I certainly do, and I agree with that. Like I said, maybe that's some more money coming in that can help people with affordable housing. People are making an income from this. You know, are they claiming that on their taxes where we're getting benefits or the table? Or, but, but certainly, nothing wrong with having a business license, so then it's insured. So what happens in a building this is coming on, and maybe it's loose, they don't know what's available, and somebody smokes in a non-smoking business or causes a fire or causes damage? Who, who's responsible? So, well, it's a good question. It's a really good question. Now, let me ask you something. In your practice, your practice, are you still practicing? Uh, in, your, in your business <laughs> as a realtor, <laughs> Dr. Legree, suddenly I've promoted exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah, um, thank you. Are you are you finding a lot of uh, interest in in Airbnb from an ownership perspective? Somebody who wants to to rent out for short term rentals? No, no. Most of the people I'm dealing with out there are trying to find 
um, you know, I, I, I tend to sell a lot of homes over here in the North Van and, and, and West Van and, and then be buying down in Vancouver and other areas, people mm. downsizing, going out. So most of my clientele are, are either first time starting getting in, they just want a place to live. Right. And, and they're realizing they can buy a place place and be paying twelve or fifteen hundred bucks a month rent instead of uh, sorry mortgage instead of eighteen hundred rent. So I don't have a lot of that. Virtually every home I deal with, people are asking me, "Is there suite potential?" I mean, and this is surprising. This is from West Vancouver and British properties, places you wouldn't have thought before. All these people don't want suites, but no matter where it is, I'm selling a house. People are lined up and they're saying. Is there sweet potential? Can I put in a suite? Can I put in a coach house? So, so I get it. Everyone out there is looking for a way to offset the high cost of housing. Yeah. And I think in those instances, they should be allowed. I completely agree with homeowners having a suite. It's their property, their responsibility. I want to be able to take care of that. You know, like seniors, I don't need this whole space. Boy, let me convert a suite down here to rent out or an Airbnb or in a coach house. So let me stay in my neighborhood and to help with the uh, the bills. Yeah. Um, I think uh, we're on the same page. Let me take a break. I want to move on to this uh, vacant home tax. I also want to open up our phone. If you want to join us on this conversation or anything having to do with real estate in the Metro Vancouver area, we're joined by Phil Legree. He's a realtor with Keller Williams Realty on the North Shore, North Vancouver and West Vancouver. Uh, when we come back, as I say, we're, we're going to talk about this uh, this idea of a vacant home tax not being embraced by too many people outside of Vancouver. We'll get into it next on Vancouver Real Estate Today on News Talk 980 CKNW. Want to join our conversation? You're welcome to do so at 604-280-9898 or star 9898 if you're on your mobile. Phil Legree is with us this morning. Phil Legree is a realtor with Keller Williams Realty in North Vancouver and West Vancouver. Uh, Monday, uh, we'll be looking at a rare session of the BC Legislature. Uh, they want to tackle this uh, BC housing affordability crisis, including supporting the City of Vancouver's proposed vacant home tax. It seems that uh, there are other municipalities that have been somewhat outspoken. Nobody's lit their hair on fire, but some are saying that they don't think that this this is the way to go. Uh, the finance minister, uh, De Jong, said that ultimately housing affordability is just a matter of supply and that we have to make more supply, which he says is the municipality's responsibility. On the other hand, uh, Vancouver Mayor Robertson says that the, the whole idea of the empty house tax is to increase rental supply in the city. The current vacancy rate, by the way, in Vancouver is less than 1%. Phil, I'm not so sure that uh, a vacant home tax will do one bit of good other than, once again, put money into the city coffers. There you have it. This is, this is and I hope it does. I truly um, pray that the property transfer tax going back in or this vacant home tax helps affordability for the general public out there, and so does every working realtor out there. That's what we want. But but this one just seems to be another smoke and mirrors where, um, you know, we can't afford to buy a house, says the public, and they say, we'll tax empty houses. You got a $5 million house, and you're going to get hit with the tax because it's been empty for three years. You're going to rent it out all of a sudden, and that's going to be an affordable house to rent for... <laughs> well, this is just... Yeah. And, and, and I own a house. I've worked hard all my life. I'm going to travel for three or four or five months a year. Uh, am I, will I be taxed on that one? It, yeah. 
it, it's just a, you know, it's yelling squirrel, and people look the other way when um, when they do this kind of a thing. I what? literally yeah. have no idea how you would be able to qualify it. And, and to me, it sounds like it would cost more to implement than it could possibly generate, and there'd be so Bingo. many loopholes. Bingo, yeah. I think uh, part of it is based upon uh, BC Hydro numbers, but I think you're right in that uh, this is this is tax. I think I think that the, the, the provincial government... Uh, thought that by allowing Vancouver this tax, they were kind of they would put a you know they would quell they would quell the story somewhat, but I think the city of Vancouver might have uh, been shown that if you want to administer this tax, good luck to you because that, it costs a lot of money to collect tax, believe it or not, and and the administration and the legislation that goes into it, you know, it, again, good luck. There, there are other taxation. Uh, ideas that are floating about that I think might work better. I mean, this idea of, uh, of you know, as you say, freeing up rental properties, I just don't see it through a tax. But maybe I'm missing something. What am I missing, Phil? Well, I, I, you're with me. We're all missing something here. What we're all missing is the government's distractions just trying to say they're doing something. And And I think maybe you look bigger and you say, we don't allow home sales to people that aren't going to be using and living these in these homes and be an active part of the community. I mean, I know Australia does some very uh, tough things like that. And mm-hmm. it, immigration built this country. I mean, we're all from somewhere else. Let's face it. Yeah. You know, we're all from somewhere else. That I've said that before to you. Like, well, we got to stop this immigration. I'm going to stop with my grandfather that came here 60-some-odd years ago, and he was a fisherman, and he had more money, and he bought it. So, so that's it. But maybe we could make sure that the people are coming or participating in our society. Another thing that comes out to me, the biggest one for this one is, I mean, do you think, I just want to ask you, do you think buying and selling a home is a big deal? Does it matter at all? Well, of course it does. It does, eh? Interesting. So do you think just anyone should be able to do it kind of part-time well, of or course. whatever? No, no, of course not. No, but the government does because the real realtors had the rule where you had to be in here, be a professional, and be full-time. The government made us remove that rule so anyone can be. So... You know, while you're getting your part-time realtor and your part-time doctor and your part-time eye surgeon and your part-time... So they took those rules away. And it, it's a shame that they're just trying to do these things at the same time, somehow blame pricing and real estate and geography on real estate agents. Yeah. You know, we believe everyone should be full-time. The government made us remove that. So it's not possible. You know what? And, yeah, this idea I'll tell you what bugs me and and yeah. and I'm just a philistine I I know I don't know I know nothing but this is what bothers me if I buy a home on your street and I keep it up and the the lawn is manicured and the mail is picked up and everything is okay I don't want the government telling me what to do with my home or my property <laughs> I don't want that period full stop let's let's get Daryl on here cuz uh, Daryl's got something to say good morning Daryl Hi there. How are you doing? Excellent. Go right ahead. Um, well, what I, I've been running a window cleaning property services business for the last 25 years in the North Shore. And um, I have seen that elderly people who have bought their homes and lived in their homes and raised their children, and now they're getting older, um, sometimes widows, widowers, they're still living in the family home. Now, these are three and four and five bedroom homes with maybe one person living in it. And if you go down the block, there will be three to five of these homes. 
vacant except for one person living it because they've owned that home for their entire lives. Yeah. Now, you talk about, I mean, I don't know how to resolve this problem because you can't force people out of their homes, mm-hmm. but all of this space is there, and this single person is living in a three-bedroom home and using three rooms. Yeah, and you know what? I don't. I, I, I don't. What on. do you say to that, Lo? Because it's their home. Can't they do what they want with their home? Is that exactly? Are we going to start legislating people as to what they can do and what they can't do? I mean, the, the answer to that simply is to increase afford. Uh, sorry, not affordability. Uh, obviously, that's the goal. But uh, density, more coach houses, more laneway houses. There's a nice way of doing it without impeding too much on infrastructure or the neighborhood. Phil, what do you think? Well, I, exactly, Daryl. I love your point, and I see that, of course, a lot here in the North Shore. But what would it be nice? to keep the regulations uh, soft, make it easier for those people to have services that might want to rent out a room or be able to make a suite in their home. Because it can be quite, uh, to get a legal suite going, it can be really overwhelming for people. But people want to stay in their rooms um, and, and homes and should be allowed to by helping them get that coach house, helping them reconfigure their home for a suite if Again, like you said, Daryl, if they want. One of the things that I will commend the, the, uh, in North Vancouver here is there's a ton of homes going away, and they're building low-rises and townhouses, but they have said one of the rules for some of these townhouses is they have to have a lock-off, which basically is a suite in them. Even if not used, they're making these new townhouses have a suite in them for future use. Yeah. Now, that's a government thinking about the future. We've got to take a break. Appreciate your call, Daryl. Good points. And uh, well said. Phil Agree is with us. We'll do one more segment. If you want to join us, 604-280-9898, star 9898. Phil Agree, Keller Williams, Realty on the North Shore. This is Vancouver Real Estate Today on News Talk 980 CKNW. We are talking to realtor Phil Agree. He's with Keller Williams in North Vancouver and West Vancouver, uh, pretty much all of Vancouver, but uh, I think uh, as a born and bred North Shore guy, uh, that's where you're probably most comfortable. Yeah, it sure seems to be. Yeah. Hey, listen, um, I don't know if you if you caught this. You probably did because I know you're a guy who's in the know. Uh, the report from the Conference Board of Canada saying that uh, the house sales fell in the Metro Vancouver area for the fourth straight month in June, but uh, they're saying not to crack any champagne bottles just yet because it remains to be a seller's market. In other words, prices are pretty steady, but inventory is going down. What to make of that, if anything? Well, there's there's an example of the, how you use statistics. Uh, I remember they were talking about the uh, housing starts. You know, new building one year were off 25% over three months. Yeah, but the year before, they were up 75% over everything in the history. So... We're coming out of a bunch of record months of sales here, and it went down a little bit. That's about it. Sales softened a little bit. We are still at a real shortage of inventory, um, and and that's what happens. I believe um, I'm seeing somewhat of a softening. This is is anecdotal because on the North Shore, you'd have an open house and a whole week's worth of showings, and on the Monday night, you'd get multiple, multiple offers. Right. Those seem to be down to you know one and two. Part of part so, of the thing here that I'm seeing, I wanted your comment on this. If I can just jump in on you, sure. and and that is, there are a lot of people that are sitting on a ton of equity, but are afraid because if if they move out, they will a have to leave their neighborhood that they want to stay in, and, and b they're going to have a tough time finding something. 
where am I going to go? Yeah, that's the whole thing. That's why the future things about having those lock-off suites, having coach houses stand your own property, do something that is a spectacular idea. Um, well, a, a personal one I have a problem with, and I, I truly don't understand it, that all these condos that are being built and they're six and 800 square feet, well, nobody wants to come from a three, four, 5,000 square foot home down to that. And even in those houses, they're not all selling them and moving to penthouses somewhere. So why aren't the condo developers actually building, you know, maybe a f- fewer units locally, but larger for people to move into? And again, I would go back to the government and say, if we're giving the license to a builder to build a, a building in the middle of Vancouver and any neighborhood in the lower mainland, it gets sold here first. It gets sold. That's not happening. They're being sold all over the world. And sometimes we're literally feeling like we're getting the scraps. So I think things that are built here should be sold here first and maybe the rest of the world at the same time. But but why not us first? Well, why at, le- at least us? make it open to everybody. That's my thing is, uh, you know what? I like, to, I like the idea of being open, but I, I like the idea of being truly open and transparent. Don't, don't advertise your your condominium building for sale when three quarters of it's already been sold before the first listing became active that's what bugs me yeah so people here have a bit but wait a minute wait a minute why not we're here we're paying tax here the people that have built the city there's people that have all these equities why should there be some benefit somewhere along the line of saying great uh you know a building gets a, a um, a, a benefit for having some low-income housing or some cheaper places or neighborhood improvements. Terrific. I love all those things. But how about maybe they should get some incentive for selling the building for one week to local people only before the rest of the world? How about that? How would that would help our local people find things more affordable? Phil Legree, and, what's and the best way to get a hold of you? Phil Legree, I'm at 604 518 or com. Will we do this again sometime soon? It'd be always my pleasure. <laughs> Love to talk to you and the people out there. Thank you, Phil. Phil Agree, Keller Williams. Uh, he's a realtor on the North Shore, but uh, knows his stuff throughout Metro Vancouver. Mike Given is our technical producer. My name is Ian Power. For John Meyer, thank you for sharing your time on Vancouver Real Estate Today. Stay with us. CKNW Weekend is next with Charmaine De Silva. News Talk 980 CKNW.